When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Mick Clifford Podcast with the Irish Examiner. Now, we're all aware of the housing crisis and in particular how it's impacting on the daily lives of so many who do not have secure and safe accommodation. In such a milieu, those who own property and are willing to rent out even rooms have huge power, most noticeably the power of the market, I suppose, in which they can pull in rents that are, these days, very profitable. should be said that notwithstanding that, many are leaving the rental market. But there is an aspect of the power of landlords in the current environment that has been cruelly exploited by a small number of them, and that is the phenomenon of sex for rent. It should be noted here that many of those engaged in this kind of practice aren't even traditional landlords, but just subletting a room in a house or that sort of thing. So we're talking about a relatively small number of people, and as I say, many of them would not be... um, the usual type of landlords you would have encountered perhaps over the years if you were if you were renting or whatever. But it really shows the dark side of the rental market. And it's one that award-winning Irish Examiner reporter Anne Murphy has been covering for some time now. And Anne is this week's guest on the podcast. Anne, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Mick. Anne, to some of us, this stuff, I have to say, the first time I read some of your reports, I, I was kind of completely taken aback. It's nearly unbelievable. Perhaps I'm being completely naive in that respect, but it is happening. Now, wh- when did it first come to light? In September 2019, Ruth Coppinger raised it in the doll. A constituent of hers had come to her with concerns about it after her landlord raised the rent. She wasn't able to afford the rent increase and he suggested to her um, a sex for rent sort of operation where she would not have to cover the extra costs of the, the rent. And then in January 2020, when I was working in the Echo newspaper at the time in Cork, I was focusing on the Cork area solely and came across an ad, totally not looking for it at the time, but just came across it when I was looking at something else. It was advertising a property in the lock in Cork City, offering such an arrangement to somebody who was looking for a room in a house. And I have been looking at the area and and several websites that host these ads over the last couple of months. And just before Christmas, there seems to have been a raft of them and they are continuing to be up online despite the, you know, despite the concentration on them in the media over the last couple of, of months since the examiner started the investigation in December. Even this week, there's a number of new ones put up um, in the last couple of days, one in Mallow and North Cork and another one um, in Clare since last Friday. And when you say these ads are put up, and like, how are they laid out? What are, what's the specifics that are on them? Not all of them are specifically asking for sex in the advertisement themselves. It hints at it by saying 
that the properties are only available to females. If you see it offered at a very low rent, one that I've seen today is offering rent at one euro per month. And obviously that should start alarm bells ringing immediately. And when, when you look at the ad, it offers it for a female only. And that if you're interested, contact for more details. It tells you that it's one, one euro per month, but it doesn't tell you what the rent is for. If you don't know, you know, is it a room to yourself? In some situations, it turns out that you're expected to share a bed with the landlord. And that has been the case in a number of reports that we featured in the examiner where foreign women moving to Ireland as students were looking for accommodation and had been offered bed sharing arrangements in Limerick when they responded to what appeared to be a normal run of the mill rental ad. And you're saying that ad, the one you referenced there, it said one euro per month without any explanation as to, you know, will include some work or anything at all, just baldly laid out like that. Yes, in cases like that, there's no photographs on offer of the property. It's very difficult to find out where exactly the property is. In one case this week, there was a property that I was looking at that was up on one of these websites, which is offered in County Clare. And it was being targeted at a slim Ukrainian woman, which automatically got my concerns raised. And when I looked at it, it was offering um, accommodation, but it wasn't telling what the accommodation was. When a prospective tenant contacts the landlord, he asks for a photograph of the person, the prospective renter doesn't tell any details of the location of the property. And when attempts are made to find out where exactly it is and to ask for photographs of it, he constantly stonewalls the prospective tenant and asks for a photograph constantly of the person on the other side. And when asked why he's looking for the photograph, he says that he wants to prove that it's a woman he's talking to, not a man. But yet on the other side, there's no way of knowing who the prospective renter is talking to. There's no way of knowing what they're moving into or thinking of moving into um, if they are desperate that they have to turn to um, such an arrangement for accommodation. And did you say that the ad specifically said a slim Ukrainian woman? Yes, that's the first time I have seen this blatant type focusing directly on foreign women coming into the country and obviously people fleeing war-torn Ukraine. And this was called morally reprehensible by our Taoiseach Michal Martin in Washington this week. And it's, it's um, I suppose it comes as there's a huge rush of people offering accommodation to Ukrainian people fleeing the war. But it just goes to show that some of these people will be exploited in, in a sexual manner when they arrive on our shores. Good God, I mean, that you would be that ball, that specific and... And do so against the background that um, it's, it's totally exploitative and degrading behaviour in terms of, of of anybody, but people fleeing war. How, Jesus, how low can uh, an, an individual go? Of course, what's at issue here in the first instance, apart from anything else, uh, and is 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 the power imbalance? Because I mean, you know, there's nothing against the law. Somebody advertising um, for sex in that respect. We'll, we'll come to the law specific to this in a minute, but the massive issue here is the power imbalance and, and a scenario whereby it's next to impossible for people to get accommodation. People are desperate. They're, they're at their wit's end. Uh, the, the small amount of accommodation that's available, the rents are astronomical. So in that kind of scenario, somebody who's capable of that base exploitation I suppose it's an open field for them. 
It is, and it, it is very concerning from a number of angles, I suppose, particularly from the coercive control side of things. If somebody moves in to a situation like that and they knowingly go into that situation, then the landlord could argue that there was mutual consent and that consent was freely given by the person moving in. But the person that has that is moving in to this sort of arrangement is usually doing it because they don't have the money to afford the high rents that you've referenced there. They don't have any other option because there are no places available to move into. And they feel that sometimes this is just the only way that they are going to be able to get somewhere to, to live. But in many cases, they may think that this is OK at the start and that they will be able to deal with the demands that will be made on them for sexual activity and sexual relations. But what is the scenario if they come home from their their job or, you know, want to go to, to bed early at, at night or whatever? And the landlord says, no, you, you promised me, you know, that, that we were going to have sex in this arrangement. Where does the line be drawn? Where can the person say, no, I'm. I do not consent to this. And if they do not consent, does that mean that they end up being attacked in the house that they are calling their current home? Does it mean that they be evicted on the spot, leaving them homeless? It leaves people in a, in, in a very, very dangerous position regarding power imbalance. It does, of course. Jeez, yeah. Um, now, you've spoken to a number of women. And first of all, as you mentioned earlier, and I think it is a point worth emphasising, you mentioned the, the, the case of, of an advertisement for a Ukrainian woman. But... Um, women who are not from these shores and who arrive here, quite obviously, apart from language, strange country, all of the other elements to it, are very vulnerable in that respect. And in your research, is it a particular issue with women who are coming into the country? It seems to be at the moment, yes, particularly um, in the last couple of weeks in the Irish Examiner, we have spoken to a number of women who have arrived to Ireland in the, in the last five to six months. One of them, an Italian woman, moved to Dublin last October and moved into a subletting arrangement and had to move out at the end of the year because the, the person she was subrenting from didn't tell his landlord, obviously, that he was subletting and she had to find alternative accommodation. She found it much, much harder um, at that point to get accommodation without such offers than she had in October. She says that she was searching on Facebook groups for accommodation in Dublin and she was offered three different propositions involving sex rent practices in the couple of weeks, in the early weeks of January. In one case, she was sent a photograph of a room complete with a man lying in the bed telling her that he came with the room. She was absolutely horrified by the experience and she told the examiner that trying to find a place to rent in Dublin was like falling into a dangerous hell. And just touching again on how the transaction comes about, at what stage is it specified to women, and young women, I suppose, in most instances, that it's expected that um, they'll be available for sex? Some ads will actually say adult fun or one part. Adult of, fun. Adult fun, yes, is one that's used. Or they'll say um, an arrangement instead of rent. They don't typically say sex is involved. But one advertisement put up last um, December for a property in Newcastle West in Limerick offered accommodation with a twist for a single lady. And... That one, when you dug deep into that by corresponding with the landlord as it would be a tenant, it quickly emerged that the property was going to be available to a person 
only willing to engage in a sexual transaction with this person. He promised reduced rent and it was going to be lower rent for the first month at 200 euros and then it was going to be 250 euros a month thereafter. In another um, situation in North Cork that's currently advertised, the landlord is offering rent for adult fun, saying that how much adult fun will determine how much money will be paid for the accommodation and also will determine whether or not bills will be split, such as um, electricity, gas, Wi-Fi, that kind of thing. And in all these instances, am I right, Anne, that there is no landlord-tenant contract signed, that the tenant has absolutely no rights down to not even having the right of any type of notice should um, circumstances change during the tenancy? They're totally unregulated, Mick. There's no contract. There's nothing there at all to offer any security of tenure to the tenant. There's absolutely nothing regulated about this. Um, the, the person moves in and it's it's a private agreement between two people. It's not even um, on a contract. There's n- no third party involvement to make sure that everything is um, upfront and safe. Um, and the, the person moving into such an arrangement has very little options really other than to than to move out basically if, if things go wrong but they don't have any comeback from a legal perspective in respect of, of what they pay for or of what they have put into it for rent or bills or anything like that. And again in your investigations and in terms of I mentioned at the beginning that in some instances if not most you can tell me how many we'd be talking about somebody who might be subletting or letting out a room and that it's not Generally speaking, the traditional landlord or the type of landlords who would have been in the market a long time or something, is that the case or does it come from all sorts of angles? That seems to be the case. Now, in in, uh, two instances, the properties are owned by the person putting in the ad. Um, In other instances, it's situations where um, the person putting in the ad is renting from a landlord and is opting to sublet to somebody who moves into such an arrangement. So it's it's not your typical landlord. It's not something that you're going to find um, from your local auctioneer um, or from the mainstream rental adver- advertising websites that people typically go to. It seems to be mainly on websites that are targeted um, at foreign women moving into Ireland because a lot of the platforms that they're on are ones that are used on the continent mainly um, by people right across the European continent but wouldn't be used by a lot of Irish people. So, from the perspective of those who put in the advertisement, they obviously do a bit of research to find out where exactly they're likely to um, to get the kind of response they want. And as you say, they would be clued into the fact that these particular platforms are more likely to be frequented by women coming into the country rather than somebody who who would be established here already? It certainly appears that way. The ones that I've come across on the advertising websites um, certainly are geared towards women that are moving into the country, I think, um, given that they are primarily um, foreign websites used on the continent. And then the Facebook groups, um, the different rental groups on those are definitely used a lot by people moving into the country. Just the extent some of these people go to. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are like interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the big thing, the kernel in a lot of ways of the whole issue is that this is not against the law. No, and Minister for Justice Helen McEntee admitted that it wasn't against the law when she was questioned about it in the Dáil earlier this year. But now um, a bill called the Ban on Sex for Rent Bill 2022 has passed the first stage in the Dáil. It was brought by Keno Callaghan from the Social Democrats, ironically, on International Women's Day on March 8th. We've got confirmation that it's going to be brought to second stage next Wednesday in the Dáil and it's expected then to pass there and go to committee stage. But it will be interesting to see how it develops at committee stage because it'll depend on, on government members there to make sure that it passes on to the next stage. But it does seem that there is a lot of impetus there to stamp this out. It is recognised that legislation isn't the only part that needs to be tackled to stamp this out, but it's certainly going to be, I suppose, um, a big help in some ways reassuring people who are out there on the rental market that this legislation exists or will exist in the future. Um, because currently it seems that not many people feel that they can go to the guards about it, whether it's because they have concerns about legislation being there or not, or do they fear that they won't be believed when they go to the guards? In some cases, women have told me that they just feel that when when the process is over and they have found somewhere to rent and it's safe, they really don't want to revisit what happened to them while they were looking for somewhere, that they don't want to highlight it, they don't want to go through it all again. And I suppose that's something we hear on a regular basis from women in different areas of gender-based and uh, violence and oppression against women. But um, the ban on sex for rent bill is proposing a seven year maximum sentence for somebody offering a sex for rent arrangement to somebody. And it also proposes a 50,000 euro fine for someone who advertises such an arrangement and also to a platform that hosts such an ad. So it will be interesting to see how will that develop over time. And it will be interesting, too, to see if the legislation proceeds and, and is enacted, how many people will still continue to place these ads because I would believe that the ads will not be stamped out by the legislation. I think this is an area that needs a lot of focus in respect of the housing crisis itself and perhaps too in educating men um, and young males in relation to um, uh, the dangers of, of this area for women. No question about it. I mean, I suppose the thing that arises there in the first instance is we know 
that in relation to any gender-based violence, it's very difficult, even when women have been attacked, have been sexually assaulted or whatever, um, many, very understandably, find it very difficult to come forward and approach the guards anyway. Now, when you put on top of that, that if, and I can be damn sure that the perpetrators of this stuff will inform them that it's all perfectly legal and they can, they'll find that out fairly easy themselves afterwards. So when you put on top of it that emerging from any kind of a situation like this, they know that it's pointless to go to the guards. You know, there's a, there must be a huge sense of desperation about that. The other thing that strikes me about it and the law itself, what I'd find interesting purely from a technical point of view with the law is whether or not the Attorney General will think there's any legal or constitutional issue with it because from what I can see, apart from that, I can't see why the government would not proceed with it. Well, the government have been looking to the Attorney General, Paul Gallagher, for advice on this matter since the examiner raised it last December. And they say that they're currently looking at the advice that he has given. Um, the fact that Minister McEntee has accepted in the doll that there is no um, no legislation in this area, it's clear that this is uh, something that has been, you know, that has been highlighted to the departments in their discussions with the Attorney General. And I do think the fact that uh, Deputy O'Callaghan's legislation was not opposed at first stage and was indeed seconded by Minister Mary Butler, that it's it looks good, um, I think, for the outcome of legislation. Minister McEntee and Minister Darrell O'Brien have both acknowledged that this is an area that has to be tackled through legislation. Um, in what manner legislation, they have not revealed, but I think they will be supportive um, in some respects of the legislation that is being brought forward. Yeah, and, you know, you'd hope that if it, if it does get through... Um you can imagine a scenario whereby and there's some very resourceful guards they'd certainly be able to um, set up a, a situation whereby in particular the whole advertisement of it and um, the fines that would be attaching there that they'd be able to uh, pursue people in the first instance and then obviously after that in any scenario where a woman wants to come forward difficult and all as it may be at least there should be some recourse in the law there Um the other thing then, uh, the Residential Tenancies Board have looked at this and and as I understand it, at one stage, they were going to try and do some research in it, but they thought it may not be appropriate to, to survey about it. Yes, the RTB has an annual survey um, in relation to rental situation in Ireland and it was considered that this area would be included in their annual surveys going forward. And it was to be done in conjunction with the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre. But following discussions, they decided that it wasn't the appropriate mechanism to do this. In the UK, there is a survey there um, carried out by the Shelter Housing Organisation. And it did highlight that 30,000 women in the UK had been propositioned in such a manner from March 2022 and um, January 2021. And that shows just how much of a problem it is in the UK. Now, obviously, we're only scratching the surface of, of this here in Ireland at the moment and there is no survey at all out there no no major research work done on the area so it's very hard to know how prevalent it is because it's only coming through from people who are responding um, to investigation that we've been carrying out that we have managed to talk to these people who have been offered such arrangements and it is very difficult for people I think to admit that they have been you know in such a position I think there, there just seems to be a feeling that 
among people who have been in this position that you just want to forget about it and move on. Well, you can well imagine it. That's, that, that's the case. And the other thing that I just found interesting about it is that we're not just talking about the relative anonymity of cities in the state that you've encountered. Um, you, I think you mentioned, was it Mallow? And there was one case in Newcastle West in, in County Limerick you came across as well. Tell me about that. Yeah, so in, in that situation, um, the property was advertised on one of these websites. It um, highlighted that it was looking for a female to apply for the room and it specified that it was a room with a twist, an offer with a twist. Um, and when he was contacted by prospective tenant, um, it became clear that, yes, he was going to, um, you know, accept some level of, of money for the room, but only if there was going to be sexual activity at all costs, sexual activity was required. Organisations like the Rape Crisis Network, what have they got to say about it? They're horrified by it. Um, they have not come across m- many reports of it themselves. Um, again, uh, people haven't haven't raised it with them, only in cases where people have come forward about other abusive situations that they've been in and in discussions with their counsellors, it emerged that they had been in, in sex or uh, situations as well but they haven't come forward specifically in relation to that. But Nolene Blackwell of the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre said this week that she firmly believes that there is a role for people to go forward to the guards, even now um, when the legislation isn't in place as yet, because she believes that it has to be, um, it has to fall under prostitution legislation that we have here in this country at the moment. Now, according to what Minister McEntee is saying, it doesn't appear that she's comfortable with the idea of sex rent operations being dealt with under prostitution laws. That is currently the case in the UK, but she did say in the doll earlier this year that she wasn't comfortable with that approach to it. Um, but it, it's, it's, I suppose it's to be seen yet whether anyone will actually try to bring anything under existing prostitution legislation. The fact that nobody has come forward and Gardaí do not have any reports or complaints compiled in any way that they know whether people have come forward or not in relation to these incidents it's very difficult to get a clear picture but I am um, I think it needs for you know for anything to be tested on whether we have legislation that covers it or not somebody has to really come forward and make a complaint under our existing prostitution laws to see if that would actually be a, an avenue that they could go down in, in prosecution or not but um Apparently, that is not being considered um, at the moment. It, the the only game in town at the moment is the ban on, on sex for rent bill 2022. Yeah, and uh, you can see why people would not have come forward so far, as I said previously. You know, it's so difficult under any circumstances. And if you don't think the law's on your side um, and approaching the Gardaí. In the event of this making it through the Dalan, is there any timeline for when it might actually come into force? No, there's no timeline at, at present because the concern is it's being brought by the um, Social Democrats. They are concerned about the, you know, the, being a smaller party and trying to get it through the different stages. When it comes to committee stage, which is the third stage, that will be where the interest will lie because the stronger parties in the uh, housing committee are government parties. I suppose it, it is expected that it will go through um, the committee stage, but I know that there are concerns in the Social Democrats to see will it get enough support um, to be pushed through in, in a in a fast fashion. However, Minister McEntee has said 
that she is, you know, she wants to pursue this as fast as possible to to address, as she called it, this gap um, in the legislation. And I would be confident that it will be processed over the next couple of months. Yeah. Oh, look, it is. It is. Uh, it's a shocking scenario. And I have to say, um, congratulations to you because you've done fantastic work on it and really shone a light in what is a really dark corner of the housing crisis. Um, one that perhaps a lot of us weren't paying enough attention to. But as you say, hopefully now things would progress to some extent to a point where it'll be able to be addressed to the extent that it can be addressed at all. Anne Murphy, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Mick. That's all, folks. That's what we have uh, for this week, uh, St. Patrick's Week. I'd also like to thank our engineer, JJ Vernon. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the few days break if you've got it and we'll talk again next week. Good luck for now.